Hello and welcome to Sounds from the Shelves. I'm Mika. I'm Sarah. I'm Lee. today without a plan. Yes. <laughs> we kind of have a plan-ish. Well, scheduling is hard. Scheduling gas is even harder. We decided that we would just talk about the things we've been up to, obsessed with, watching, reading, what have you. Hope you enjoy that. <laughs> if nothing else, it should be entertaining. Yes, because we're entertaining folks. <laughs> All right. So who wants to go first? I don't know. Lee looks really prepared today. I'm faking it, guys. <laughs> you should see it. Lee has a stack of like 20 papers in front of her. It's great. I feel like I have to go now. So I used to be a huge Supernatural fan. Uh, the TV show, the CW, watched it religiously with my sister. Well, actually, no, I take that back. She wouldn't watch like the first couple of seasons. She thought it was the dumbest show ever. And she would make fun of me for watching it. And then I made her sit down and watch an episode where the show actually makes fun of itself. And she <laughs> fell in love with it. She's like, this is a really smart show. I was like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> Supernatural is pretty meta. I made it up to, I think, season seven or eight. And then I didn't have TV for a really long time. And then I moved across the country and went to grad school and all that jazz. So during the lockdown uh, 2020, I decided I would restart the series. So in case people don't know, it has 15 seasons. So it was on air for 15 years. It's the longest running live action American fantasy TV series. So good for them. I made it up to season 10 rewatching it and I had to stop because it was so dark and ridiculous and I was like I, I can't I can't do this because in real life the world felt like it was ending too so I stopped and just last week I started back up on season 10 and I'm in season 11 because they have like 23 episodes per season. <laughs> it's long, but it's great. The main characters are two brothers from Kansas. So Sam and Dean actually have socks. One says Team Dean. The other one says Team Sam. <laughs> uh, hopefully I don't ruin it for anybody, but season 11, they bring in or they unleash the darkness. And the first thing I thought of was the never ending story and the nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking for the giant dog chasing them. I'm like, where's a tree? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they went even creepier with it. And, you know, the darkness starts out as a baby and it grows. Right now, where I'm at, the darkness is a little girl who is learning about the world because the darkness was locked away since before the creation of the world. Uh, is the darkness meant to be like an antichrist sort of figure? No. Okay. Um, it just reminds me of uh, Good Omens. Mm -hmm. Sounds oh, like Antichrist that. is like, like it flashes between him and like the angel and the demon and like just shows yeah. him growing up and like the weird stuff he gets up to with his friends. <laughs> so I started Good Omens and I didn't really get into it. <laughs> so it's uh, very dry British humor. Yeah. Very dry. Which is funny because I like British humor. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. Something about that. It's all about Michael Sheen and David Tennant for me. Mm -hmm. 
And I shouldn't say that because I actually read the book before the series was even like a thought yeah. for anybody. Yeah. And I loved it. And mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious, probably because I love Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. But Because <laughs> they're amazing. But those two <laughs> actors are yeah. so good. They have uh-huh. really, really good chemistry. Together. Yeah. That's what makes the show. They, they do. I don't know. Maybe I was just in some sort of weird, like, don't want to watch anything. You know how you get, you're like, I know this is an amazing show and I know I'll like it, but I really can't stand taking the time to watch it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just no focus whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do that with a lot of shows. <laughs> yeah, you know, I go through phases where, like, I'll want to watch a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and then I'm like, no, no more TV. And then I'll read voraciously. And then I'm, like, done with books for a while, and I'm, like, back to the TV. <laughs> I do a similar thing. It's, like, movies, books, and TV. I kind of just, like, rotate through all of them till mm-hmm. I lose attention. Yeah, every once in a while, my TV, my smart TV won't work. So I'll pop in a DVD. Was it, like, two weekends ago? It was doing something funky, and I was, like, fine. I'll just put a DVD in. I love... Why do I always blank when it's someone's name? <laughs> Wow. Okay, so this really this happens a lot to me, which is funny because I I will like sing jingles and stuff. Like they'll just come out of nowhere, but like yeah, I can't remember people's names. Betty. I'm trying to yeah. and my mind is just blank. <laughs> she um like Betty Gilpin from Glow? Mm-mm. Not her. Nope, nope, nope. This is like black and white. Yeah. Oh. She she played in Jezebel, she played in All About Eve, she Betty Davis. Yes, Betty Davis. Hey, Whoa. Carl for the win. <laughs> Carl for the win. She's got Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm also very much a huge fan of Betty Davis. I read her biography years ago, and I was like, she's spunky. <laughs> is she the one that said old age isn't for wussies <laughs> or something? It wouldn't surprise me. I think it was I her. I honestly don't know. <laughs> so I put in one of my favorites, Now Voyager. It's with... Betty Davis, now I know her name, and Paul Henri. I love it. Uh, It actually has a quote in it that I have tattooed on my arm from Walt Whitman. So that's where the title of the film comes from, now Voyager. It's a romance where the the leads don't end up together, and it's okay. And I like romances like that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because none of my relationships work out. (laughs) It's okay. I'm still the leading lady. That's right. I'm a little nervous to finish Supernatural because I feel like I'll lose like a friend. I mean, the good thing about TV shows like that is like you can always go back. But one of my favorite TV shows of all time is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. Uh Anytime that I've just like had a terrible day mm-hmm. and I need something nice to watch, <laughs> I'll go put on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Specifically, either the silent episode, Hush Hush, or the musical episode. Two of the best episodes. Yes. So good. One of my coworkers, so we have a, a create space at our library where you can do sublimation printing and then put that onto some object. So she made a mouse pad with the drawing from Hush Hush of Buffy will go patrol tonight with the little like weird deformed Buffy stick figure. (laughs) It was hilarious. And then she and I bonded because we were both Buffy fans. Nice. I've been obsessed with Supernatural. I and I know I'm not alone. (laughs) I know there's definitely not alone. (laughs) So much so that I would Almost kill for a 67 Impala. <laughs> I'm also not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I didn't realize, but they have dozens of black impalas in like different arrays of wear and tear and stuff, just because it's almost the third main character of the show. Yeah, it's Dean's baby, so. That's true. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. It's like it's got like its own stunt doubles. <laughs> kind of cool. If anybody is also a fan of Supernatural, if you have questions, you ever want to talk about it, let me know. I'm sure I'll pop in here and there and be like, did you see that on Supernatural? <laughs> You'll have to let us know when you finish. Like, yeah. What it feels like to finish that big of a show. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever watched a show that's gone that long and from beginning to end like that. It is quite the commitment. It is. Probably why I think I stopped watching it. <laughs> I had to come back. It gets so dark. It's like when I uh, marathon watched Game of Thrones. Oh. And then I was like, I need to watch Octonauts for like days afterwards. <laughs> Something with like, like really happy and wholesome. Yes. yes. <laughs> See, I feel like if I binge watched Game of Thrones, I would then need to go watch something like four hour long BBC version of Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth. When I was in college, mm. my roommates and I used that as like a palate cleanser after horror movies. <laughs> We'd be like, okay, now we freaked ourselves out. Time for some Colin Firth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I've been rewatching a lot of shows lately. Like, I've been doing Russian Doll. If anyone's seen that, it's on Netflix. I haven't. It looks really good. It is pretty good. Yeah. It's about this woman who's basically going through, like, a time loop on her 36th birthday. Mm-hmm. The second season comes out later this month, so I'm trying to rewatch it beforehand. And I love it. It's really, like, dark humor. It is very TVMA. So if you are a child, please do not watch it. Don't look at it. It's not for you. But it's really good. I like it a lot. I've been doing that. I've also been re-watching Rutherford Falls on Peacock, if anyone has seen that. I know nothing about this. Tell me about this. Oh, it's really good. It's about these two friends in, like, a fictional town, I think somewhere on the East Coast. And one of the guys who's, like, really into history, like, his family, like, built the town. And there was a big statue of his family in the middle. A bunch of people want to take it out. And he's gun-ho, like, you can't leave it. It's my history. And his best friend, she's Native American. And there's a big, like, Native American population in the show. It's really, really cool. They actually have the largest group of Native American writers on the TV show and, like, actors. Really, really cool for representation. It's just about the two of them, like, figuring things out, basically, because she wants to have, like, a big cultural center for their tribe. It's really, really cool. I like that a lot. It's really fun. And then not rewatching, but I started Our Flag Means Death on HBO. Have either of you seen that? It's about pirates. It's about queer pirates, for anyone who that's their thing. Um, It's based on, like, a true person. I don't remember his name, but it was just like aristocrat dude in like the 1800s, I think, who was like, I don't like my life. I want to be a pirate. So he goes and is a pirate for a year. And in real life, he like did it for a year and then he died. But it's about like him figuring it out. It has Blackbeard in it. Taika Waititi, it's like his show. If you've ever seen like What We Do in the Shadows or like Thor Ragnarok, it's really fun. That's what I've been doing like TV wise. Did anybody go through that phase where, you know, when they were little and they're like, I'm going to pack a bag and I'm just going to hop a train. Like, that's what I feel like. Uh Yeah, forget this. I'm going to be a pirate. Bye. That's basically (laughs) what he does. He's like, yeah, I have like money and stuff, but I want to sail the seas. And his wife is like, you are crazy. We're not going with you. But it's really fun. There's a lot of good LGBT representation, which matters a lot to me. Like the show a lot. It's really, really funny, too. 
been doing that. Did you say that was HBO? HBO. I also think that's TVMA, probably for, like, language. So just a heads up to people that are listening. I had to, like, make a list of everything I've been doing lately so I won't forget. And then I haven't been reading a whole bunch of books because I do grad school and I'm just too busy. But one I've been going in and out of is called No Gods, No Monsters by Cadwell Turnbull. And that one's really cool. It's like kind of like a fantasy book about how monsters, especially like werewolves, are like real and in our world. And it has to deal a lot with like racism too. It's really, really cool. Highly recommend. Very cool. So the big thing I've been watching, and I call it the big thing I've been watching, but really I binged it all in one night and stayed up way too late, is Bridgerton season two. Because if you want a romance novel in TV series format, that's what you should watch. It's amazing. Except, I'm going to give a slight spoiler warning here because this might be a little spoilery if you haven't watched the second season. They change it actually quite a bit from the second book in the Bridgerton series. And they make both of the main characters seem like much bigger jerks than they are. Which, to be fair, I should have seen this coming because they make the eldest brother, Antony, much more of a jerk in the first season than he is in the first book. (laughs) So in the second season, Anthony decides that he is going to get married. This is the season he's getting married. And he has all these requirements for a wife that include not falling in love with her. (laughs) Because love makes you stupid. Uh, Okay. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he sets his cap on this girl who's like, well, in the TV series, she's declared the diamond of the season. But in the book, the queen isn't really involved at all. So she's just a well-thought-of girl in the season. But she has an older sister named Kate who is there to help ensure that her sister makes a really good match. And she does not approve of Anthony because he is a rake. Capital R, rake. (laughs) We need to bring Um, that word back. I know, right? (laughs) And so it's one of those, like, love-hate relationships where, of course, the two of them fall in love. But in the series, Anthony and the younger sister, Edwina, actually end up getting engaged. And then, like, she runs away from the altar because she realizes that her sister and him are in love. And that does not happen in the book. Him and him and Kate realize that they're in love before the younger sister's relationship ever gets to engagement. <laughs> And so it makes the two of them seem a lot more terrible than they are in the book. And I really dislike that. (laughs) It's TV, man. You got to bring the drama full on. Well, it's like a Shonda (laughs) Rhimes show. So you have to bring the drama for that. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Yes, you do. (laughs) But I did like some of the stuff they did. They made the two girls in the TV series Indian. And so they've got dresses, like, of course, Regency time period English dresses. But they've given them, like, little pieces of, like... Indian saris in their dress. Like they've got like the tulip cut sleeves and stuff like that. And I thought that was really nice. And the thing I love most about Bridgerton is for a lot of the music in like the ball scenes where they're dancing and stuff, they take like pop songs that everybody knows and then they just make them instrumental. So then they're dancing to them. This season they have Dancing by Myself and they have You Oughta Know and they're just so great in the places they put them. I love it. Also, if you haven't checked it out, Netflix released a video. So they took the instrumental track of You Oughta Know and then brought Alanis Morissette in to sing to it. Oh, I did watch that and it was good. Yeah. Where have I been? (laughs) If you are a fan of Alanis Morissette or you just grew up in the early 2000s. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Go watch it. It's, It's amazing. Excellent. Yeah. 
a lot of people have been watching Bridgerton. I just haven't haven't started it. It's on my list. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll get to it one day. I've heard yeah. good things. There's an actress from Dairy Girls that I like that's on yeah. it. Oh, yeah. so. I love Dairy Girls. <laughs> I love that season show. comes out soon. I'm really excited. Oh, it's the last waiting, one. Waiting and waiting. Well, see, that's the thing. I never watched any shows. You can't keep up with all of them. And then, you know, like we were in quarantine forever you couldn't go anywhere so yeah i started watching all these shows and everything only had a first season because they couldn't do a second season or follow-up seasons and now i'm just kind of waiting like are, are they gonna finish these are they just gonna go in the collective bin with like my so-called life you know like mm-hmm. you get one season and that's it what a good show <laughs> I, oh, I miss my so-called life <laughs> i'm old and i miss that show I know it, it was great. I've also yeah. been watching a lot of YouTube lately. <laughs> so like last night I was just killing time and I ended up watching a series of Miss Mojo videos where they talked about like I mean there are always lists of various things. And so the one what the one I watched that I remember is top 10 unscripted moments from teen comedies. Ooh. And I felt I'm not, I'm not sure if I felt proud or kind of weirded <laughs> out that I had seen every movie on the list. Because I'm, I'm a ways out of my teens. <laughs> to be fair, so a lot of the movies, I would say probably about half to three quarters of the movies, were movies when I was a teen. Like, She's right. All That and uh-huh. Clueless. And, but like my, my husband was sitting there watching with me, and he'd be like, I've never seen this movie. I learned he's never seen Clueless. He's never seen She's All That. What? I'm like... How have you not seen these movies? One of his favorite movies of all time is 10 Things I Hate About You. I'm like, how have you not seen these movies? I Well, I have to. 10 Things I Hate About You is amazing. And I love that it movie, is too. <laughs> I love that film so much. That's in, like, my top 10 favorite films mm-hmm. of all time. So good. I'm also a big fan of people loosely basing movies off of Shakespeare plays. So... Which I'm also a huge fan of. Again, the names, the names. He did the Red Curtain trilogy, so he did Romeo oh, and Juliet. Dormant. Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm a huge fan. Which I was gonna bring up. He also does that with the modern music and does like a twist mm-hmm. with it. So um, yeah, no, I love his movies. I'm just kind of eh about Romeo and Juliet because I don't really like Romeo and Juliet that much to begin with. As a play, yeah. No. Yeah. Everybody says it's this great love story, but I'm like, no, it's two teenagers who see each other at a party and are like, I'm really attracted to you. Yeah, let's get together. Yeah. And teenage lust just steamrolls uh all other emotions. It's fun. (laughs) It's not a great romance. Um, But no, the other two in that trilogy, Moulin Rouge and Strictly Ballroom, I love both those movies. They're so good. Strictly Ballroom's my favorite. Absolute favorite. I always get a little nervous when I try to introduce it to people for the first time because it's a bit much. They're they're like, (laughs) right? Yes. This is a bit much. Like, it's in your face, like the makeup, the the acting, well, certain characters, the acting wise. But that's, that's part of the appeal of what he does, how he sees things. I think Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet are way more popular and have been viewed way more mm-hmm. than the other ones. So yeah, I think so too. Especially yeah. Moulin Rouge, like they turned it into a Broadway musical. So yeah, as they should because yeah. Moulin Rouge is genius. There's <laughs> <laughs> a new movie coming out this year too. It's the Elvis one about oh. like Elvis Presley mm-hmm. and like Tom Hanks is in it. Some guy from Glee, I think, is in it. Um, looks pretty interesting. Very cool. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of great music because he's doing it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, speaking of movies, I did actually watch the new West Side Story this last weekend. What did you think? I like. I think it was a good reboot of the movie. Like, I think it was a, a good production. I don't know. Like, West Side Story, because it's based on Romeo and Juliet, I have those same sort of <laughs> conflicting emotions. Yes. Like, uh, But the music in West Side Story is so good, which... I mean, that's that's really all down to Steven Sondheim. He is uh-huh. brilliant. Yeah. But <laughs> so I enjoyed the music a lot. And uh, I, I sat through the story because I needed the story to get the music. <laughs> My housemate was watching it and I was like, what do you think so far? And she goes, it's really pretty to look at. <laughs> it is really pretty. <laughs> and we love Steven Spielberg movies are. They're like really pretty. Yeah. 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 Um, I was mostly just impressed by... Um, now I can't think of his name. The lead actor. Oh, you got my thing now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, oh, uh, I can see his face. He was in Baby Driver, right? That guy? Yes. Uh, so the thing oh, I know him yeah. from from the past is The Fault in Our Stars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like sitting there watching him sing and I'm like, I had no idea he could do that. Do you guys have like a favorite book series or like a favorite movie? So one of my favorite book series, it used to be a teen series and now it's an adult series. It's called Court of Thorn and Roses, and it's by Sarah J. Moss. Even though it started as a teen series, it was very much an older teen series. <laughs> There's romance novel levels of sex, like, expected to get a little graphic, but not, like, pornographic. But I really like it. It's So the first book starts as, like, a it's kind of a Beauty and the Beast sort of story where the main character, her name's Feyre, she is the one who provides for her family after their fortune is lost because her father loses his ships at sea. She has two older sisters, one of whom is very bitter and one of whom is very sweet. But neither of them are useful for providing anything around the house. So Fira has taught herself how to hunt, and she is the one that goes out and brings back food or brings back animal pelts for them to sell um, so that they can continue to survive from day to day. Her dad is crippled. After they lost their fortune, some debt collectors came and broke his legs, and they never healed right. So he has a very hard time getting around. And honestly, he just kind of wallows in his self-pity. So Feyre goes out hunting one day, comes across a pretty big wolf, like larger than normal wolf, that just like stands there and stares at her. And she's like, this is really weird. I wonder if it's a fairy, because the fae exist and they are supposed to be like trapped up in this other part of the world with like a magical barrier so they can't get into the regular world but of course they still find ways to get across to the regular world but at this point like her family is so starving and she's so desperate she's like i don't care if this is actually a fae like i'm gonna kill him take him home because this is a really good catch and we'll get a lot of money for his pelt so she shoots an arrow into his eye kills him drags him back home Well, a few days later, this fairy prince comes to her door and is like, you killed one of my people. I demand your life. And she's like, oh, oh, no, he's going to kill me. Um, But then he tells her, like, I don't have to kill you, but you have to come, like, be part of my court now because you killed this person from my court. And so she's forced to go back with him to his fairy kingdom. And then somewhere along the way, it, like, transforms because she finds out he's under this curse and it turns into kind of a more, what is it, East of the Sun, West of the Moon, I think is the name of the fairy tale. 
where she has to like do these tasks to free him from this curse. And then you get to the next book of the trilogy and everything you know gets turned on its head. And it's really fun. <laughs> but one of the things I really like about the trilogy, aside from the fact that it's fantasy and I just love fantasy, especially dark fantasy, is that the author is not afraid to show Feyre as this kind of broken person who, as she is at the fairy prince's court and as she's you know, getting comfortable and starting to learn things. Like she starts healing from the trauma of her family losing everything and her having to step up as the provider. Um, and this continues through the books. Like she, she's able to overcome her trauma and like, it's okay that she's broken. Like being, being broken and having gone through that trauma is what makes her the powerful person she becomes later down the road. And I think that's a that's a message that most people need to hear. <laughs> it's actually something I like about Sarah J. Moss in particular. Her other series, which is the Throne of Glass series, which is also a teen series, the main character of that one is much the same. She's a very broken character who has to overcome her trauma to be able to embrace her power and become the, the person she is. And I really appreciate that Sarah J. Moss does that with her heroines and allows them to have flaws and to accept themselves with those flaws. So like I said, this one's been moved to the adult section now. Yeah. So after the main trilogy that it begins with, she's then done a couple other books that are in this same world with like side characters and they've progressively gotten more adult. <laughs> the last one in particular was very adult. <laughs> and so I, now most places have moved and I think we in the library system have moved all of the books over to the adult fiction, so they're all together there. The reason they were marketed as teen books in the first place is because the, her third of class series that she did before was a teen series, and marketing, yay. yay. Do you have a favorite movie? My favorite movie really just kind of depends on when you talk to me. <laughs> and this is what I go back to again and again because it's just a comfort thing, um, is Singing in the Rain. Oh, I love singing. I in the love rain. singing in the rain yeah. so much. The <sighs> dancing's great in there. Yeah, yeah. You get to see a young Debbie Reynolds, and mm -hmm. she is just adorable, and she is so talented, and I love it. It's Those good. were my favorites when I was a kid. I can say that my favorite like book series is a series of unfortunate events. Um, it's been my favorite since I was a little kid. I have a tattoo from the book on my ankle, and one thing I really liked about it was it never treated like the kids. Like they were like silly, I guess, for what they were going through. When the author is like telling the story, like he really validates the kids. because so they go through like some pretty scary stuff, which I think is nice for kids to know like, yeah, you went through these scary things and like, it's okay. And like, also people aren't like black and white. Like there's like good, like it's not just good versus evil. Like everyone has a lot of different flaws. So that's my favorite book series. I reread it all the time. My favorite movies are the Muppet movie, like the one from like the 70s. Yeah. I love the Muppets. I'm a huge Muppet fan, but that one's my favorite. I love and then my other favorite movie is kind of a weird one. It's called Phantom of the Paradise. It came out in the 70s. It's directed by the guy that did Carrie. And basically it's about this guy who sells his soul for rock and roll. So it's like a mix between the story of Faust, if anyone who knows who that is. It was like mm -hmm. this guy who sold his soul to the devil. It's a mix between that and then like Phantom of the Opera. Opera. And there's a lot of 1970s rock songs. It is very ridiculous, very, very campy, but it's a lot of fun. Nice. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so when I was little, I would say, yeah, fourth grade, we started it. 
um, because I had the same English teacher for fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, and she loved the Chronicles of Perdane. So we read the first couple of books in uh, each grade. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. So most people know the book, The Black Cauldron, but the whole series is called The Chronicles of Perdane. And the main character is Taryn? It's it's been it's, so. it's been many many moons yeah. since I read it, but I tend to recommend it when anybody ever asks for like a good solid series in the juvenile fiction section, which I think actually started my love for fantasy. As a quick aside, yeah. if you've not watched Ted Lasso oh. on Apple TV, go watch it's Ted so Lasso. Good. <laughs> it is so funny. You don't have to know anything about soccer. If you know stuff about soccer. It'll be that much funnier. But you don't have to know anything about soccer. It is hilarious. Go watch it. Jason Sudeikis <laughs> is such a funny guy, and he's really good in it. I know, I know. It's and it's one of those feel-good shows, like Full House sort of way, where it's yep. like almost too saccharine. It hits that sweet spot where it's just, yeah, this is good. I feel better about the world now. <laughs> so I love the Indiana Jones films. <laughs> Absolutely love them. Except for the crystal skull. That's trash. Um, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Trash. Um, but uh, actually, the third one is my favorite. Um, I don't know if it's Sean Connery or, or, you know, like, or if it's just there's more humor to it. Um, it's a little more lighthearted. Then the first, you know, like the first one, like the Nazis melt. And then the second one, their heart, people's hearts are getting ripped out of their chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, granted, like the third one, that guy withers away. But after seeing the first two, the third one, you're like, eh, you deserved it. <laughs> That's what you get. But yeah, I, I love that series. Um, uh, Lord of the Rings. I watch that every winter. I have never seen or read Lord of the Rings. And at this point in like my career, I feel like I just need to lie and tell everyone I've read it and I've seen it. It's easier than being like, I want to. I just I have really high expectations. So I don't want to watch it and then be really disappointed. This reminds me of that meme, like, I don't know what this is, and now I'm afraid to ask. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure I'd love it. I'm just like, oh, but what if it's not as good as I think it's going to be? Yeah. I mean, it's I fine. Know. The important thing about Lord of the Rings is that it really sets up the Western fantasy genre. Tolkien was very influential in shaping the fantasy genre. And so it's important for, like, those reasons. I'll also say Lord of the Rings is very dry, as far as reading goes, Tolkien was a professor of medieval literature and linguistics. That explains he writes everything. Like yep. Yeah. The other thing I watched recently, um, I watched the Grammys, which I don't care oh. about who wins the Grammys. I'm just like, whatever. I just want to watch everybody perform. How was that? It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Ja and Doja Cat won for... Kiss Me More. Mm. And apparently Doja Cat had run to the bathroom, like, right before they announced it. <laughs> Always. <laughs> and so she, like, so Sha made it up first, and she was, like, on crutches, mm -hmm. like, helping her get up. And she made it up there first, and then, like, Doja Cat comes running up, and Sha's like, I'm here, like, five minutes before you. Where have you been? <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
it was adorable just watching the two of them interact. And Doja Cat is like all flustered because she's run from the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) They did also have a a good uh, tribute to Ukraine that I liked. President Zelensky gave a little speech that was obviously Mm -hmm. pre-recorded. And then they had, it was John Legend that was singing the main part of the song. And then they had... I don't even know what instrument it was. It was like this big string instrument that was like circular with like a thing coming off it. It's probably a traditional Ukrainian instrument, but she was, she's from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And then they had a Ukrainian singer and a Ukrainian poet that had all both fled Ukraine and they all collaborated together to do this song slash little poem in the middle. Cool. It was really good. Well, it is National Poetry Month, so. It's true. I almost forgot to, like, put that in there, you know. (laughs) Local poetry lover right here. (laughs) (laughs) Lady Gaga won, and that's what matters to me. I love her. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I. She's classy. Her her album with Tony Bennett was really, really really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love Tony Bennett. Yeah, they did an amazing collaboration. That's honestly been my favorite part of the last few years, like with the pandemic and everybody being locked down. We've just seen like these really unexpected collaborations among different artists. I'm like, yes, let's get more of this. Actually, in the last like 10 years, she's done a lot of stuff with That's true. I was thinking of like Elton John and like he released that like collab album with Siobhan and... I can't even remember. Like, a bunch of, like, uh far-flung from various genres. Yeah, there's one with him and, like, Lil Nas X. Yeah. Like, who was this? Elton Elton John. John. Oh, last year. Yeah. I highly recommend it. There were a lot of really fun songs on there. (laughs) The biggest hit was him and Dua Lipa. And Pnow. Pnow did the remix. Um, That's, like, a mashup of... Cold Cold Heart and Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it's really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Very catchy. We appreciate you listening. Hopefully, we've piqued your interest in what we're interested in. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear from you what you want to hear about. If you would like to contact us, feel free to email us. We're at shelvespodcast at slcolibrary.org. Uh, you can also find our podcast at slcolibrary.org slash podcast. I believe that's it. Or shelvespodcast.podbean.com. That's it for this month. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. See you guys next time. Mm-hmm.